Welcome to Let's Grow. This is a personal development podcast, and I'm your host, Jeremy A. Taylor, but you can call me JT. Whether it's a short message from yours truly or an interview with a special guest, this is your place for weekly encouragement to keep going and growing. My goal here is simple, to leave you better than I found you. And I know your time is valuable, so let's dive right in. So mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a lot of people where they, uh, because of that deny, that denying component of, of, of reality and being honest about where they're at, uh, it keeps them from obviously working on what they need to work on. And whenever you don't do that work, then you burn out. And then, of course, we also know that in this particular conversation with this particular issue, it's not just burnout, but it can be uh, a choice that people make, uh, you know, whether it be life or death. So. It's a, uh, you know, the sad truth is, is there are more people who are, who are wrestling with this than we care, we would care to admit or care to know rather. And then it kind of goes back to something you said earlier that that's why we need to be res- respectful and kind uh, and loving and patient with people because we don't know exactly what they're going through. We don't know what happened last night um, in the home. We don't know what news they got earlier today at work. We don't know what the report, the health report was at the doctor. Uh, You know, a a lot of those things. And I know many of those things amplify if you're already in a space where you're vulnerable from a mental health perspective. Uh, But but for you, Mike, you know, you mentioned, you know, changing some things, doing some things differently, feel as if, you know, maybe for some other people, maybe they don't have a grip on, on some things. And so, they maybe aren't as at a healthier place in life as you potentially are. Uh, but what do you feel like are some of those things that you believe have, uh, have supported you, helped you grow, helped you stay positive, uh, helped you keep the main thing, the main thing and stay focused on what's, what's, what's most important. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, goodness. Uh, you know, again, I think there's, it, it, there's levels to this. So, so it is, it is absolutely connected to mindset and absolutely connected to behaviors, but it's, it's not one or the other. It's yeah. both. And mindset drives behavior. Be- behavior sometimes can shape mindset. Okay. But, and so it's both. And, um, and so mindset, meaning who do you, again, back to this, this big fundamental question, who do you think you are? What are you at the end of the day when, 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 when it's just you, you know, and you alone, me, myself, and I, what am I? Okay. If everything I'm trying is, is not successful, uh, or if everything I'm doing is successful, is that the, is that the sum of what I am or who I am? Okay. So if you, if you don't know that you have a problem, you're going to have a problem, um, because reality is going to strike at some point, uh, bad things happen. And, and when you're not, when you don't know who you are on the inside, bad things are going to absolutely rock you. Um, and, and, and because they, you know, most of these things that we build our lives on cannot stand up to reality. They just can't. And we know that intuitively, but we just keep doing it anyway, because we think maybe one day it will, but it never will. Um, and so having a mindset that is, that is 
you know, understanding of, of what, what our identity is most fundamentally, and then creating habits in our lives that reinforce that mindset and yep. continue to hone it and shape it or shape it uh, or sharpen it. So the habits that, that, that I have found helpful, number one, I think routine is really important. I really do. A lot of people don't like routine. And I'm not saying it has to be a minute to minute routine. It's got to be really tight on your schedule. And I actually don't think that's it at all. I think, I think it can be a loose routine. But you kind of work through like, you know what to expect and you know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so uh, it helps you not overcommit to things, yeah. um, which a lot of people overcommit and, and, and then they have to cancel. And when you cancel things, you feel like you're letting someone down and, you know, and then they feel bad. And uh, because we don't, I don't like to let people down. Um, so, um, but uh, you know, look, every, every, I, I get up about the same time every day. I, um, I do the same things basically every morning. Um, you know, and again, in a general sense, I'm not saying at 802, I do this and 817, I do that. And I'm not saying that, but in a general sense, the mornings look about the same. My afternoons look about the same. My evenings look about the same. Um, and, but there's plenty of margin in there for things to happen that I don't expect, which is regular. Um, so, um, but you know, I, I, you know, so habits for me, and I'm just, this is just for me. I, I, every morning when I wake up, I, I have some time by myself. Um, I, I drink a cup of coffee. Um, I, uh, I read my Bible. I pursue an encounter with God in scripture. So I don't just read my Bible to read my Bible. I go to scripture saying, literally saying to God, I'll actually say this. I say, I, I want to encounter you right now. And I don't want to do this if it's just reading. Sure. Um, and, and I love to read, but, uh, you know, prayer is big, obviously for me. Um, uh, it, it, prayer helps, helps calm me down. It helps my, my mind is always on go always. Yeah. And, and so prayer makes me like sit back in my chair. Um, you know, I journal my prayers, which makes me slow down. Um, it, it, it makes my mind slow down. Um, so that's big for me living at a slower pace than what I could live at. Um, my wife and I intentionally don't have things to do every night. Okay. Yes. So Gosh, we're really, so there, so there good. are certain, there are certain weeks where I have, I have some sort of meeting literally every day of the week, every night of the week. And as a pastor, most of your meetings are with, or with congregation and they're working during the day. So your meetings are at six o'clock at night, seven yeah. o'clock at night. And so there's times when I've got a meeting on Sunday night, a meeting, a prayer meeting on Monday night, a deacon's meeting on Tuesday night, a Bible study on Wednesday night, a counseling session on Thursday night and life group on Friday night. And then here we are at Saturday, right? And then Sunday starts again. And sometimes, so we actually schedule in on purpose nights where we're not we're going to be home. Yeah. Uh, we eat dinner at the table with our family, uh, uh, all of us. Uh, and I've got, you know, I've got my five kids and my wife's parents live in, we got a little apartment in our house. So they live in that. So we eat together, uh, our nine eat together, uh, you know, two couple nights a week, uh, at that big, we got a big table that somebody made for us. 
And, uh, but we, so I see their faces around the dinner table uh, every week. And it's not as frequent now as it used to be. My kids are older, one's got a job, one's involved in orchestra, you know, so they're doing stuff too. But, but again, I, I really think, and, and I'm not saying that my routine is right for everybody. Uh, I would say my, my routine is unique for me. Um, I, I tell you another thing, and, and this, this is gonna sound wacky, okay, that I've discovered. Well, two things. Uh, number one, I don't use an alarm clock, okay? So unless I have to get up ridiculously early, uh, that is un- abnormal for me, I don't use an alarm clock. So I, I go to bed at the same time. I, I kid you not, Jeremy, like this is, how, this is how weird it is, okay? And maybe it's just how my body is constructed, but my body sleeps for seven and a half hours, okay? Yeah. That's how long it sleeps. And so when I, wait, when I lay down at night, it doesn't matter what time I lay down, I'm going to sleep for seven and a half hours. Yeah. And my eyes are going to open up at seven and a, about seven hours and 26 minutes. All right. And, <laughs> and I've just learned that over the years. And so I don't have to use an alarm clock. So if I go to bed at 11, I'm getting up at 630. All right. Yeah. And, 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 and so what, what, what's so good about that is I don't have to hear that sound first thing in the morning, which is an awful sound. I mean, I just think for me, alarm clock sounds, when I think back to my childhood, getting up it's for school in the morning and that, yeah. you know, that sound that eh, eh, like oh, that was like torture. Yeah. Okay. For a number of reasons, it was yeah. a signal that I had to go do something. I didn't want to go do. I had to get up. Uh, I probably went to bed too late the night before. I probably didn't do my homework. It was just, it was that, it was that signal that your day is going to stink probably. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, I hate the sound of alarm clock. And it doesn't matter how you know, like like some people have like chirping birds as their alarm clock. That like, that's not going to wake me up. Okay, so um, so anyway, so that that rhythm of sleep has been big for me, and and it's helped me a lot. And so mm-hmm. you know, if I have to get up at six, then I just know that I have to go to bed at whatever time, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and 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 so that's you have to you have to be intentional about that. But if you have a routine and a process that through which you live your life you can do that. And, and, but you have to be, you have to do it intentionally or you'll be watching, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, the office, you know, until two in the morning, you know, yeah. uh, you know, or whatever. Uh, so that's big for me. Um, uh, reading for me is massive. That's part of my routine. I read for one to two hours every night before I shut my eyes. Okay. So, uh, because reading for me, again, if I just go lay down in the bed to go to sleep, my mind is still going a thousand miles an hour yeah. and it, I cannot shut it off. And people have said, make lists. Well, I, I make lists and I, and, and my list is 150 things long and it doesn't, it still doesn't work. Cause I'm, cause then what am I thinking? What did I leave off the list? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know I forgot something like that doesn't help me. Okay. So I need to read at night. I read at night. Uh, personal reading, not work-related reading. Um, I've, I've got, I discovered that, that reading isn't always helpful for me because I'm always trying to be productive. And so I I would sit down at nine o'clock at night with a book on how to lead a church better. And, and that doesn't help me. That puts more thoughts in my head. And so I need books like James Patterson, who's a fiction writer or, uh, Jack Carr, who's a fiction writer, or I'm reading right now one by George Eliot, uh, called Middlemarch. It's fiction, and and I, I just finished a book uh, a couple of weeks ago about Benedict Arnold, and 
and they're just they're just books that don't require me to do a lot of thinking and yeah. and I can just read them for enjoyment and fascination and it also makes me sleepy and 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 then I can shut my book turn my book like off put my head on my pillow I pray and I typically fall asleep while I'm praying and 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 people have asked me before is do you think God's okay if you fall asleep while you're praying and I said look I'm God's child and my children have fallen asleep on my shoulder more times than I can count. And I've never one time gotten mad at them for it. Yeah. Okay. It's actually a great thing when one of my daughters, which now they never do it because they're too big, they think. Um, but <laughs> like if Miles fell asleep on your shoulder, Jeremy, you would never be like, hey, wake up. Don't you realize you're spending time with me? No, it's great. You look at that little smile on his face and his little sleeping face. And it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Like what father would be mad at their children for falling asleep on their shoulder? Like God's not mad at you at all, number one, but he's certainly not mad at you for falling asleep while you're talking to him. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, and if you're falling asleep during preaching, maybe so, but no, I'm kidding. No, but, no, but seriously, I mean, if you're, you know, yeah, so just fall asleep, like, like relax, you know, yeah. he, he's good. He loves you and you could fall asleep praying. But those are the things I do that help me just, just have a, a calm day and be able to deal with the, you know, the thunderstorms that kind of pop up throughout the day that want to rock you off your foundations. Uh, but if you know what you are and who you are, and that drives what you do, you're process oriented, you're, you, you, you have some good loose routines, um, then, um, then it, you know, and, and, and you, you go to sleep at basically the same time and you, you know how long you need to sleep um, and you know, then, then it's so much easier to deal with stuff. Cause, um, uh, you know, look, if, if your routine is super tight and, and you, you know, you're like, I'm going to get up at, you know, six 45 or whatever your time is. And I'm going to, you know, do this and I'm going to the office at seven 30 and then I'm doing this at eight and then eight 15, I'm doing this. Well, you don't have any margin for just, you know, things to pop in your office, or pop on your schedule that you didn't expect. And those things just throw you off. They make you stress out about what you're not getting done. And, and, and that actually is counterproductive to what you're after. Totally. You know, and I love how, how you unpack so many things. And by the way, guys, I, I know Michael Edwards so well that literally through our, the organic answering of just a couple of questions here and kind of unpacking these big ideas he answered several questions that I was going to be asking anyway about things that he's reading, right? Things that help him stay grounded and, and stay encouraged. And so I, I love what I, what I hear in that answer is, um, you know, you're at a place in your life where you have enough self-awareness, you have enough situational awareness, you have enough knowing of, of who you are, what you need, uh, what works for you, what doesn't work for you that you're able to craft out this routine that you feel like serves you well, right? Yeah. Uh, that that sets you up for success as you step out in, into the day, regardless of what comes your way. It seems like, you know, the thing that the things that you unpack there just over the last few minutes really says this. This is what I heard was Pastor Mike does a good job of controlling the controllables, right? And then also respecting that there are many things outside of his control um, and so therefore let me make sure that I focus on controlling the controllables in a way that helps me stay in as healthy of a mental state. Uh, and also, you know, I'm working on 
developing behavioral patterns and habits that serve me well, that are moving me in a direction that again is informed by who I believe I am. And that, man, that's so good because I haven't really heard anybody, you know, mention that, um, you know, mindset and behavior. They're not, they're not exclusive. It's not one or the other. Yes, Miles, I promise you. I pro, I pro, I will, I will in just a, I will in just a second. So guys on the podcast, here we go. We're talking about margin. We're talking about real life. I got my son Miles popped in here. And so Miles, can you say hi? Hey Miles. <laughs> so he's waving. He's waving at he's waving at Pastor Mike because he sees him on the screen. But Miles, can you say hi? Um, say hi so people can hear you. Hi. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, buddy, I'll be in there in just a second, okay? All right. Thank you, bud. So with that being said, hey, that Mike, was a perfect real life example of, of things that pop into your office that you don't expect. That's right. And, you know, without that healthy conviction of you talking about that, <laughs> I may have not as handled it as well. Right. And so hope, <laughs> hopefully that ministers to somebody today. Look at how Jeremy handled that with grace. He didn't yell at his son. Uh, so that doesn't always happen, though, guys, because I'm not perfect. But that's right. With that being hey, but, said. hey, back to, hey, let me touch on something you just mentioned. Yeah. So, yeah, so, like, we, we are whole organisms, and so we are not, uh, we, we, you know, people talk about compartmentalizing. We, that, you know, that's really hard to do, um, and I don't think it's really even possible because, again, what we think and what we believe, our mindset drives what we do, and then what we do often often shapes what we think and and uh, and how we think. And so, you know, uh, you, you have to think about the fact that you are, as a human being, a whole organism. Uh, you are not merely a body. You are not merely a mind. You are more than, you are both, and, uh, and they work together. Uh, and people that deal with mental health stuff, they understand that because, like, for example, exercise is really important. And, and, and but when you feel terrible, uh, you don't want to exercise. Yeah. But when you when you go exercise, you feel better. Yeah. And and so so it so you have to make yourself do it because it makes you feel better. Um, but you don't want to do it. Right. So um, so that's what we are. We're whole organisms and different parts of us influence other parts of us. And, you know, so we can't just work on one thing. It has to be the whole person. And uh, uh you know, and, and, and you got to realize that. And, and, and unless you realize that you're going to really struggle with it. Yeah. I, uh, I agree totally. And, you know, uh, and I like that point, you know, that, that illustration with, with exercise of, of doing something that you maybe don't feel like doing and because of pushing past, uh, it's our feelings. Our feelings can trick us into doing things, saying things that aren't consistent with the with reality. And so, you know, knowing what's good, knowing what's right, knowing what's best, and and continuing to pursue that even when we don't feel like it, uh, that's a really big deal. You know, Nick Saban. Uh, I was watching a, a a speech by Nick Saban. He gave, I think it was last summer, and it's really amazing if you can find it. I think it was to a football coaches association in Alabama. And he said, he said, he, he was talking about the secret to success. And I was like, well, shoot, if Nick Saban's talking about the secret to success, I want to know what he thinks. And I have to say, he was really, he was more biblical than he probably realized. 
he talked about uh, you have to know uh, the habits that create the success that you're looking for and do the things that you don't want to do, but you know that they contribute to your success. And then don't do the things that you really want to do, but you know, are going to take away from your success. Sure. And I thought, man, that's putting off and putting on like Ephesians four. And he probably doesn't realize that, but it's really accurate. And, yeah. and uh, I think that's, there's a lot to that. So there's habits, there's success that you want. There's, there's a, there's a good life. The idea of the good life that you're after and there's things that contribute to that. And there's things that contribute to that to that, that you don't want to do. Like, I hate to work out, okay? It's, I hate it with a passion. Um, it's not fun for me, uh, but it makes me feel better. And it makes me better at what I do. Um, but it helps me handle stress. But, and so, but I have to do it because it, it, it makes me more successful. But, and there's things that, that I want to do that I can't do uh, because they, they deviate from the end goal. And yeah. so I have to not do those things. Um, and so that's, man, I, I just thought when I heard him say that, and he, it was like an hour long talk, but it's great. And, and, and I, I would look, man, that's, that's it. Right. I mean, that's what you're after. Yeah. Well, Mike, as we work to close down here, you know, I, I do want our, our listeners to, to learn a, a little bit about you outside of being a pastor and some other interest and whatnot. And we'll touch on that here in just a second, but one last thought on the, the mental health side of things you know you mentioned earlier that the church oftentimes does a does a terrible job of you know not being caring compassionate considerate empathetic of others especially for people who are going through something different than what they are you know it's very easy to 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 demonize someone else because of their sin because their sin looks different than yours you know that's for those mm -hmm. in the in the christian you know sphere know that that's a real issue uh, with church folk from time to time, but as it relates specifically to mental health, you, you have some people who say, well, let's just put it all on Jesus because Jesus is going to fix it. Uh, you don't have enough faith. If you just yeah. believe, if you just pray, it'll all go away, right? You have some people who say, well, it's all just about Jesus, Mike, but then right. you also have some people in camps that say, well, regardless of that, you need therapy, you need counselor, you need a licensed mental health, a behavioral therapist who can help you unpack and work through these things. So I guess my question for you is, Mike, you know, how do you feel about that conversation? Because I believe Jesus and therapy are both beautiful things. Oh, of course. I mean, you know, look, there's, you know, if a pastor ever tells you just put it on Jesus, you need to run away from yeah. from that pastor uh, because he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, uh, look, um, we are we are talking beings, okay? We are we are created to talk. Um, if a if a if a pastor doesn't understand the fallenness of the hu human body, he, he just doesn't understand. And I say run away because he doesn't understand the Bible. And that's a problem if you're a pastor and you don't understand the Bible. Um, so um, we need to talk. Um, you, 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 you need somebody you can talk to. If that's a licensed clinical therapist. Now, let me say this. There are some things 
that a pastor, I, myself, I know there are things in this realm that I am not equipped to handle. Okay. Yeah. Um, there are, there are mental uh, issues that people deal with that as a pastor who is not trained in, in, um, uh, you know, like your wife, for example, uh, I'm not equipped to handle it. Yeah. Um, and that's when you have to know as a leader, your limitations and when you need to send them to somebody that is an actual professional in that area. Yeah. Um, you, I, you know, you, I can't prescribe medicine obviously. And, 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 you know, sometimes people need medicine. Uh, I take medicine for this. Um, um, you, you know, we, so yes, is it, is, is mental health partly, uh, spiritual? Absolutely. Why is it? Because we are spiritual beings. We are, we are, we are not just our bodies. We are not just our minds. We are spiritual as well. Um, uh, and, and so is the spiritual aspect really important? Absolutely. It's really important. Um, but so is the physical aspect of it. Um, you know, you, I don't, we don't want to get too, too much into the, the, the biology of it, but, but look, there are, and the Bible teaches this, okay? Um, we are, our bodies are not what they were originally designed to be. You know, uh, you know, before, before sin entered the world, we would not have a need for an antibiotic, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but we do now, okay? Yeah. Um, you know, we take antibiotics. Why? Because our bodies are not always capable of fighting off the things it needs to fight off, okay? Uh, I've got a good friend of mine that goes to church here that's currently taking chemo for cancer, okay? And why is she taking chemo? Because her body can't kill the cancer on its own. Um, ideally, it would, but it doesn't. And, and so um, we, we're built, our bodies are built with needs. Um, we, we aren't self-sufficient. That's biblical, um, and so we need things that are outside of ourselves. Um, uh, and so we need, we, you might need a therapist. You might need a, a, just a good friend to go sit down and have coffee with and on a regular basis and somebody that, you know, you can share your deepest, darkest secrets and they're never going to, uh, it's never going to leave the table. Um, you know, and, and they're not going to run around and share it with people. Um, and, and you, you, you might need that. Uh, you do need that actually. Um, but, but you might need uh, medication and there's absolutely no shame in taking medication for mental health stuff. And there are people that think you shouldn't, but I'm here to tell you that don't listen to those people. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to those people. I used to listen to those people. Well, I, I should be able to do this on my own without any help. Well, on what grounds do I base that? Uh, I I don't know why they base, I mean, you know, if you get a sinus infection, you take an antibiotic, okay, Um, or you're going to have a sinus infection for a really long time um, that could develop into pneumonia, which could be even worse. Um, So, no, you take an antibiotic. So, if you need, uh, if you, if you need some, some help, um, then you get help. And, And sometimes it's in the form of a pill. Uh, which is what I take every morning. Um, and, um, and sometimes you just need to let it out and talk about it. Um, but it, it's all working together. Okay. 
It's not, you know, if you just go take a pill, you're not going to, you're not going to get to the root of the problem. You know, the reason that I'm comfortable talking about this is because I have dug down to the root of the problem and figured it out uh, for me. And I'm, I'm very, I'm on very solid ground and I'm not worried about the ground coming out from under me. Um, um, But I'm not new with this. I mean, I've been dealing with this now for uh, 13 years and, and like, cognitively dealing with it like knowing i'm dealing with it and and um i've had i've had chronic depression for uh at, at least 33 years that i know of and uh, but i didn't really realize it until 2009 and when when i was really at the point of of ending my life um and when that happened and and i really was at that point i had that day july 31st 2009 um I, I, uh, I, uh, then it was like, okay, I got to deal with this. Um, it's not going away. And, and so that's kind of when my journey to actually, uh, you know, get my hands around it, uh, with a lot of help, um, from other people, um, that's when that started, but it, look again, I, I want to, I just want to reemphasize this. It's, it's not just, it's not just medicine. And sometimes people don't need medicine. It's not just therapy. And sometimes people don't need therapy. Okay. I mean, there is like, I don't go to, I have been to therapists and counselors and they serve a great purpose. I don't currently go to one. Okay. But, um, but there's a place for that. And, and there are people that need that. And now, but I would, now I would preface that just like I preface that with anything. I would say, look, if if you're going to have a pastor, get a good one. All right. If you're going to take medicine, take the right medicine. Yeah. Not every, not every uh, antidepressant or anti-anxiety medicine is the right one for you. All right. So take the right one. I had to try two before I found a good one for me. Yeah. All right. Um, not every therapist or counselor is right for you. And, yeah. and so you've got to find the right one. And, and so, um, and, and, and just like pastors, just like medicine, just like therapists, they're not all good. <laughs> okay. Some of them are, 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 are detriments to the profession. And, yeah. and, and that's true in the, obviously in the religious circles. I mean, we know there's pastors that aren't good pastors. I hope I'm a good pastor. Um, there, there are, I'm sure therapists and counselors that aren't very good at it and don't really need to be doing it. Um, and then there's, you know, there's doctors and medicines that aren't very good and they don't, they, they don't understand it. Um, when I, I went to an MD to get some medicine one time and, and I point my first question to him, uh, this was years after having started on dealing with this thing. I was in Bowling Green. This is when I first moved to Bowling Green. And I went to a doctor and I asked him, I said, tell me what you know about depression. And, and I was interviewing him. Okay. Because if he didn't know more than I knew, um, I wasn't, he wasn't going to be my doctor. All right. Because I'm not a doctor. All right. I expect my doctor to know more than I know. All right. (laughs) And if I know more than you, you can't be my doctor and that's no offense, but I mean, it's just the way it is. All right. I need you to be the expert in this scenario. And, uh, he turned out to be fine and he, he was, you know, and, uh, and, and I, I used him as a, as a physician, but, um, but when you go to your doctor, you know, about this sort of thing, you need to make sure they know what they're talking about and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and aren't just, well, I, you know, I don't, I don't ever see this. Well, Hey, try this, you know, yeah. try this medicine. Well, what's it going to do? Well, I don't know, but just give it a shot. See what happens. Well, no, <laughs> I mean, we're not going to do that. Right. Yeah. This is my brain. We're talking about here. Um, yeah. and I've only got one of them. Okay, we can't just start cutting on the body to see if it works out. Um, yeah. You know, you would never do that in surgery. You know, it's not like a car. We don't just like 
you know, cut the body open and see what's wrong and, and hope we get it right. <laughs> you know, we, we like to have a good idea of what the problem is before we start, you know, cutting, moving things around in there. Um, yeah. That's just my, that's just the way I think through it. And so again, we, we are whole beings. We are, we, it's not one thing or the other. It's all, it's all the things and, and, and we think through it in a holistic and have a holistic uh, approach to it that deals with uh, both the mental component, the spiritual component and the physical component. It's all, it's all there. And to the point of counselors, we are talking people. We are obviously, I'm a talking person and sometimes we just need to let stuff out and, uh, and, and let it out. And, and a lot of times your counselor doesn't tell you anything you don't already know. Um, but sometimes we need people to confirm what we pretty much know. And, but we just need to hear it from somebody else that say, oh yeah, you know, you, you know what to do. Yeah, I know what to do. Uh, but you tell me what to do. Um, well, do this. Okay. You're right. And I already knew, but I'm glad you told me, right. We, we need people at times to tell us, you know what, that you're on the right track. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And I really appreciate you using specifically that term holistic in there as you were, <clears throat> as you were framing that up, because, you know, oftentimes in the work that I do, uh, I try to help people understand, like you said, that we are whole beings and there are, there are multiple aspects of our life that are influencing the way that we uh, pursue our careers and do our work, that maybe it's something relationally that we need to work on uh, inside the home to help set us up for success at work. Maybe it's something physically that we need to work on with our health that we need to tweak or adjust that sets us up to be uh, the best version of ourselves in the workplace. Or maybe yeah. there's, there's something spiritually that we need to work through. Uh, mm -hmm. because of the way that we see other people, the way that we see the world, right? Where we, we've placed our faith at that's influencing the way that we obviously do our work. So I like that, that holistic approach and how you specifically use that term. You know, Mike, I, I knew this was going to be a great conversation. I knew that you were going to be open and candid. And that's what I appreciate about you so much. Uh, you know, through our relationship, we've had, we've talked about some heavy stuff, you know, on a number of, of occasions. Uh, but all I've ever felt from you, you know, is, uh, is love. And so I can't tell you as a man, you know, I think there, I think men are lacking, uh, you know, there are a lot of men in this world who are lacking healthy relationships with other men that they can uh, confide in, that they can say, yeah. I love you too, that For they sure. can give a, that, that they can give a hug to, you know, and uh, you know, you have been such a daggone light in my life. I can't, I can't thank you enough uh, for that. Um, as we close down, Mike, uh, and by the way, you are a good pastor. You know, you, you, th you threw that in there a few minutes ago. You're like, hopefully I'm a good one. You are a good pastor, my friend, just so you know. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <laughs> thank you. But, you know, uh, Mike, tell us, uh, tell us about some things outside of, uh, of, of your pastoral position and some things that maybe you enjoy doing or, or something about yourself that maybe we wouldn't see on social media. I know one thing. Uh, that I thought I thought has been pretty cool for some time now is seeing you uh, and your your daughters uh, take judo lessons. I thought that was super cool. Uh, most people wouldn't know that about you. Yeah, uh, my girls were uh, uh, up until COVID hit. We we were into judo and and judo or COVID kind of rocked that for us. But yeah, my my girls, I'm pretty proud of them. They were my older three were all state champions for Kentucky and judo and multiple times each and and that was pretty exciting and um but yeah i i'm a man i i'm a 
uh, I'm a reader. I read a lot. Uh, um, I, 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 I have a, I have a, some goals in reading of what I'm trying to accomplish and um, because I can't really do anything unless I set a goal. Um, otherwise I'll, I'll end up doing literally nothing. Um, I have a, I have a 92 Jeep Wrangler that I love to drive. And, and I, I told somebody, uh, not long ago when I bought this Jeep Wrangler, uh, the, the best therapy I've ever had is taking the top off my Jeep Wrangler and driving through Kentucky cornfields, um, <laughs> in the summertime. I mean, it's like, there's, there's not a, a care in your mind when you're doing that. It's yeah. so great. So, uh, so I have a Jeep Wrangler that's old and has problems all the time. And so I, I get to work on that. And I'm, I've enjoyed learning how to do that. Um, yeah. I, I, I tell, you know, what somebody asked me, like, what are your hobbies? And, and Jeremy, like, you've known me long enough, like, I, I couldn't pick one. And so here's what I figured out. I'm a hobbyist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I that my hobby are hobbies. So like, like I, I love to learn things. I love to learn new things. Like one year I was roasting coffee and one year I rebuilt an engine and, um, and, uh, one year I wanted to get into photography. And so like, I just have different hobbies all the time and things that are interesting to me. And, um, and this year I'm, I'm studying philosophy and, and just because, I mean, there's nothing, there's no reason for it. It's just interesting to me. Um, Okay, so like a weird thing is I've 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 gotten into this uh, uh, this plane tracking thing. This it's called uh, open source intelligence, and so it, it's like this flight. It's called Flight Radar Twenty Four, and you can follow flights around the world. and And it just amazes me uh, the size. Like airplanes are so incredible to me, and like like you know the size of them, and 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 it's just it's just it. It blows my mind. I've been watching some YouTube videos and this guy that 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 flies on, he he records himself flying on like first class airlines and yeah. and and like what it looks like to sit for. I've never sat in first class. So um like it just blows my mind um, you know, what that would be like. And but but this guy does that all the time and he records it like 30 minute YouTube videos on on each airline and like that fascinates me. So I, I, I just, I've, I've discovered Jeremy that there's not like one singular thing that I like to do. Um, like if like, there's some people that are super into fishing or hunting or whatever, and like, they're really good at it and that's all they do. Uh, yeah. that's not me. Like, uh, I, I like to do a lot of things. And, uh, so I've, I've I classify myself as a hobbyist that's and uh, <laughs> some of you are saying, what is your current hobby? Well, right now it's, it's, uh, I'm studying uh, uh, American history through the eyes of the presidents, and and I'm studying philosophy, and I've I've gotten into some some other you know weird things that you know nobody cares not like 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 following airplanes around the world like who in the world cares about that I mean yeah. <laughs> I do for some Hobby. weird reason I like that's good hobbyist and uh, you know my current my current uh, uh, hobby or uh, interest rather out of necessity and not out of like a, a curiosity is trying to figure out how to keep ladybugs out of my house. So <laughs> good luck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's the, there yeah. Are... I, I, I will say this. Um, and, and I, and I, and I think this is really key. Um, well, two things, let me get this first one off my mind first. First of all, you're welcome to throw my email address up, up for people uh, if they want to reach out and chat or something. 
It's yeah. Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L at life, L-I-F-E, Owensboro.com. Uh, like Michael at lifeowensboro.com. They're welcome to email me. Anybody can, if they want to uh, chat about, um, you know, stuff they're going through or whatever, um, or if they want resources or books or whatever, I'd be happy to, to give those out. But, um, 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 the, 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 the thing that, that I, that I think that is really important is, is, uh, you have, if, if you can get up every day, uh, and I'll just be honest, and, and this isn't, I hope it doesn't sound like bragging. It's not. It's just where I am in my life. If you can get up every day realizing that you have an opportunity to change somebody's life, it means the world. It, it, it makes a world difference. And yeah. I, I'll be real honest. Like, like I, I literally get up every day knowing that I have opportunities every day to actually change the course of someone's life mm-hmm. and like forever. And or and, and even if that's just bringing them a little peace in that moment yeah. and just having someone that hears them and says, I, I understand what you're dealing with. I get it. Right. I get it. And like like if, if just that mm-hmm. like that, that is so key. And, um, uh, you know, just a smile, you know, if you just smile at somebody like just those little things that just make a huge difference. So what I'm saying is if, like, if you can wake up every day knowing that if I just smile at people, it'll make their day. Right. If I'll just act happy to see people, it'll make their day. Like if I'll just make people feel while they're in my presence, that they belong and they matter. Like you can literally, I kid you not. And I, we don't have time to go into this. I could go into it more, but something little like that, can can change somebody's mindset for the day which might create some new behaviors which might ultimately lead to a different place than they were headed if you can look if you can knock somebody on the right course by one degree okay in the in the near term one degree over the course of 40 years is a lot yeah okay it, it isn't one degree today if if you change my attitude my mindset by one degree today in 40 years, it's miles and miles and miles of where I would have been. Okay. So you don't have to, when you, when I say change someone's life, I'm not saying that they're going to move from point A to point Z today. What I'm saying is, is you might, you might point their, their, uh, their, their heading over by a singular degree through a little tiny, small thing that you just acted like you cared about them and that they actually matter in this world. And that, that, and we believe that as Christians, that everybody's made in the image of God. And so therefore everybody is worthy of our respect and our dignity. And it doesn't matter where they come from or what they've done in their life or where they're headed or what they think. And if that's true, then that means that if I just treat them that way, just like that, like they matter and they belong and I care about them and I care about them because God cares about them. And, and, and that, that one degree, it won't look like anything today and it won't look like anything next week, but, but in 20 years and 40 years, it will, it can be huge. Mm -hmm. And I just know that I've seen that personally in my own life. I can, I can point to a specific moment in my life where literally I I was going in a wrong direction and I literally, somebody literally smiled at me. I can, I can take you literally to the exact spot where that happened. Uh, I've never forgotten it. His name's James Porter. 
And, and he smiled at me and he talked to me and I was in a horrible spot mentally. Uh, and, and he, and he pointed, he, he just, he just made me feel like he, like I mattered to him in that moment. And we didn't talk for more than 30 seconds. I kid you not. And, uh, but I could take you exactly where it was. It's Hendersonville, Tennessee, 106 Bluegrass Commons. I, it's a, it's a specific spot. And I could take you exactly where I was standing. And, uh, and I know where I was facing, like it's that vivid in my mind because it made a huge, huge difference. And he would not even remember it at all. But, sure. but I'm telling you, that was a degree for me that meant nothing probably in that moment. And mm. it, it didn't mean nothing. It meant something. But as I sit here today, and that was probably some 17 years ago, uh, I'm what I, 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 I wouldn't be going to church period. If it weren't for that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I don't think I would be, I certainly wouldn't be a pastor. Um, but I probably, I probably would have very little connection to faith at all. Um, if, if any, if it weren't for a 30 second conversation, a smile, a pat on the shoulder and say, I'm glad you're here. Okay. Yeah. And, and you, you know, I felt like I mattered to him for 30 seconds and that meant the world to me. And, uh, but I just want to say that if you can, it, and, and, and the point of saying that little thing is because literally every single person that's listening right now can get up every day, every day and say to themselves, I can change someone's life today. And if you can do that, you can deal with a lot of things. Do you guys know, I think, I think folks listening now know why Michael Edwards and Jeremy Taylor are such great friends. I think they've heard, I think they've heard some similar stuff before because I too believe Mike that every day is an opportunity to make a positive difference in the lives of the people around you. And like you said, it doesn't have to be a lot. You know, you're not going to change someone's destination overnight, but you can help point them, like you said, in the right direction. And, and it's so cool that you can point back to that because the truth of the matter is, is like you said, that gentleman doesn't remember, but you do. And um, there's, you know, we're walking by people every day. Where in our in our daily life, in our conversations at work, at home, in the community, so forth and so on, there are so many opportunities uh, to let other people know that you see them, that you respect them, that you hear them. So, man, that's so good. I appreciate you blessing our listeners with that that specific story, uh, but with your wisdom, uh, your confidence in Christ, but then also your respect for taking other measures that are necessary in addition to your faith to taking care of yourself. Uh, and I know somebody, uh, everybody who listened was able to get something from this conversation today. Uh, so I, pl- I appreciate those closing remarks. Mike, I love you and I appreciate you more than, than you know. Thanks, brother. Love you. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. And uh, again, if anybody needs anything, reach out and I'm, I'm happy to respond via email and and uh, and just do whatever I can. And if folks are in Owensboro and they're, <clears throat> and they're looking for a church or they're maybe in, in the area on a Sunday and they want to come visit, uh, where, where do they need to stop in at, Mike? If, if we, I would preface it like this. If you are a person who has, has uh, if, if you are, um, this is how I put it every Sunday, okay? And, and it's not a short answer because we're looking for certain types of people. All right. It's not just anybody. I mean, anybody can come. Okay. And it's not going to be what you think, but um, if, if you are tired and need rest, if you are, uh, uh, if you are, if you have failed and need strength, 
and if you sin and need hope, mm. then this church opens wide its doors at 1101 Breckenridge Street with a welcome from Jesus Christ, who is the friend of sinners. Yes. Okay. So if you have it all figured out in your life, we're not for you. Okay. <laughs> um, if you, if you have it all together, this isn't the place for you. Yeah. Um, you're not going to like us. I mean, you can come, but look, you're just not going to like us. You're not going to like me. Okay. Yeah. And you're not going to like our church. We, we are people who, uh, uh, don't have it together, who, uh, make mistakes, who, who sin, who fail, and who are absolutely tired of religious answers to, to, to hard questions. Yeah. And I say religious answers. I don't mean answers like, like Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, you know, we'll just quit it, just put it off, you know, you know, that kind of thing we've been talking about. But if you, if, if you are, if you are exhausted and need rest, um, we are here for you. 1101 Breckenridge, 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings, Life Community Church. Um, and uh, we'd love to have you and you'll awesome. be loved and you'll belong. But I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this. And this is, this is you, you, when you come here, you're going to get known. Okay. <laughs> so if you want to hide, this isn't the place for you. Um, but if you're, if you're willing for some, somebody to talk to you and get to know you, then, you know, it's a good spot. Good stuff. I appreciate that, Mike. And, uh, you know, so, so much truth there in regards to just being people who desperately, you know, need Jesus. And we gather for a cor a corporate worship service on a Sunday, uh, to, to praise his holy name. Um, and to gather with other people who are wrestling with life just the way that we are. So that's good. You, you can come, look, man, we say this all the time. You, you can come here and not believe what we believe. Yeah. If you, if you just want, we, we've got a guy right now who, who's been coming the last few weeks. He doesn't believe what we believe. He just wants, he just wants to be loved. Yeah. And, uh, and we're, I, I'm like, yeah, come on. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can disagree. You can have questions. You can reject everything I say. Um, it's okay. We're going to love you anyway. And, yeah. and we're going to care about you and you can come belong, be part of us. Um, yeah. and we'll treat you like you matter and like you belong because you do. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, so that's, that's just what I'm saying, but I'm just saying if, you know, for people who, uh, you know, if you have it all together, you're not going to like it here. Um, <laughs> yeah. because we don't. Yeah. So, so I'm saying good, good stuff. Well, guys, if you, need, if, you need a, if you need a pastor with perfect mental health, it's not me. <laughs> well, good stuff, man. I, I, again, the conversation was was fruitful today. I appreciate it. And uh, I know our listeners are going to be excited about it as well. So guys, this has been another episode of the Let's Grow podcast with my dear friend, Pastor Mr. Michael Edwards. Uh, remember, don't just go through life, grow through life and everybody can encourage somebody. I love you guys. And I will certainly see you all on the next episode. Hey, thanks again for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode and you received some value, could you do me a favor and share it with a friend? If so, I really, really, really appreciate you helping me get the word out about this podcast. As a reminder, this is your place for a shot of encouragement. And my goal is to simply leave you better than I found you. So my friend, I certainly hope that was the case for you today.